What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? Welcome to another episode of the Steelers Blitz here on Steelers Nation Radio. On today's episode, Arthur Motes and I yap about free agency as we approach the offseason, talk a little knee recovery with Bud Dupree and a bunch of different looming free agent decisions that the Steelers have to make this offseason. We have more reaction on this post-Super Bowl week. I want to have a conversation with Arthur Motes about athletes and how we write their legacies way too quickly. But we start today with the Steelers finalizing some coaching hires and a conversation about personnel decisions. Let's hit the music. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Thursday afternoon. That only means one thing here on SNR. It's time to go inside the electric factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. You know the drill. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, if you want to chime in anytime here on this edition of the Steelers Blitz, you can get at us on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at DaBody52. DaBody! Arthur Motes, another... uh. Another snowy commute down here in western Pennsylvania. I, I tell you what, we, uh, we, we are getting the accumulation this February, my friend. It has been a lot of snow here lately. Yeah, we're getting all of the, uh, you know, the backlogs from every time that you would jinx our weather. <laughs> I see you laughing. Around. Every time that you would talk about this is the last night's day. And we kept getting these good days, these nice days, these beautiful days, sunny days. Now good old winter said, okay, all right. Father Tynan got his butt kicked again this year. Tom Brady did what he did. So it's on me. It's on me to make sure that I don't go out the same way. So now he hitting us with all this snow. Mother Nature over here saying, okay, okay, you want some snow here? Take some wind with that as well. And, yeah, here we go. So we appreciate you. West means a lot to us, baby. Thank you. I did this. It's all on me. I will completely take the blame. Yep. I will say, though, man, with the, with the traffic being less – you know, with a lot more people working from home in the past year due to the pandemic and, and things of that nature. It's whew, it's interesting out there. It's 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 a little dicey out there on the parkway from time to time. But it's Arthur a little Motes 50, 50 every once in a while. <laughs> back here in our Green Tree Studios for, again, another edition of the Steelers Blitz here. Arthur Motes, we had a jam-packed uh, episode on Tuesday. One of the things that we did not have time to get to was the Steelers uh, officially, officially... Officially official? Becoming officially official. Oh, there, there it we is go. now. It, um, it's, it's website official. That's how you know that's, it's official. That's, it's Steelers.com <laughs> official, exactly. Steelers.com official. Once it's up there, oh, yeah, it's real. Our, our newest members of the organization, some coaching hires uh, that have been finalized. Now, obviously, we have discussed um, what the Steelers have done with the offensive line position, offensive coordinator with Matt Canada, a new tight ends coach as well on the show. Um, but recently here, over the weekend, the Steelers finalizing Mike Sullivan as quarterback's coach. No, not the Pittsburgh Penguins head coach. Man, Mike I was Sullivan. about to say, are we getting a crossover segment here? Let's go, Pens! I, mean, I was ready. I was ready. That'd be a – tell you what, if you could be the head coach of an NHL team and the Man, quarterback coach what? of an NFL team. What? You talk about talent. Goat status. It's like, Mo, do you ever watch uh, Harry Potter? Absolutely. You know, I believe it's the third one. I believe okay. uh, it's the third Harry Potter. That's not the uh, – no – it's the one. It's the one where we first meet Sirius Black. Of course, I'm mm. drawing a, a blank now. Um, Harry Potter, 
three. But I say because it's not the sorcerer's stone. No, it's not the uh, prisoner of Azkaban. Ah, prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, okay. Remember how Hermione has the the time yes. turner where she uh -huh. can where she can go back in time. Absolutely, like that's the only way that you could coach a, an NHL team and be an NFL quarterback. Coach. I mean, Mike Sullivan must have one of those time turners. You know, or, or he knows you know some type of magic. <laughs> <laughs> is he a Slytherin? Is that what we're getting uh -oh. from from Mister? I hope. Oh. I hope. Well, well, I don't know. You never know. Hufflepuff kind of guy. Wait a minute. Just, <laughs> hey, I think we can all agree. Just as long as he's not a Ravenclaw. There we go. Because you know go. that's got that's got nah, bad connotations absolutely. here here in, in black and gold country. Uh, Mike Sullivan hired his quarterbacks coach Chris Morgan as assistant offensive Morgan? line coach, and Matt Tomshow as quality control coach. Motsi, three new additions to the coaching staff as you know throughout this offseason. More more changes than usual. For the Steelers, right? New Without offensive line, new mm -hmm. assistant offensive line, new and offensive coordinator, tight ends, quarterbacks, coach, yep. a lot of moving parts on that offense. Yes, indeed. But I will say this. The more moves they're making, the more, I guess, excited I am because mm. I can see the direction they're going sure. in. Sure. So we know that this offseason – that they wanted to go in a different direction at offense coordinator. So obviously they don't renew Randy Feekner and they bump up Matt Canada. But then you bring in – Mike Sullivan as your quarterback coach. Why is that important? This guy has been an OC before. This guy has mm -hmm. coached elite-level quarterbacks before. This guy has been in big games before. I love that experience because when you have a very inexperienced OC, hmm. it's good to have somebody that is the opposite of that. Good point. Th this isn't a, oh, man, he, he's in his first year in the NFL. No, this guy has over 16 years' experience coaching in the NFL. He's worked with a full gamut of guys from Case Keenum to Josh Freeman. Who remembers Josh Freeman before? <laughs> like, shout out to that name. But he was he, electric. For absolutely, a while. he was the OC down there on one of Josh's best years, the four thousand twenty-seven and seventeen year mm -hmm. for Josh. And then obviously, you know what he did when he was with the Giants: the versatility as a wide receivers coach, QBs coach, and OC. Two Super Bowl rings. So, so knowing that. That makes me a lot more comfortable with the Matt Canada move. That makes me a lot more excited about the Matt Canada move because now I have a fail-safe in place. If it becomes overwhelming or Canada is struggling, hmm. he has someone that he can talk to that has been in that position before. He could talk to Coach Tomlin, but Coach Tomlin has never been an offensive coordinator before. So it's going to be different. You know, we could go down the list of the different coaches – but none of those guys have the same level of experience as this, as, as Coach Mike Sullivan has. So now, like I said, for Canada, he's going to have that resource available to him. Then we go another step, right? Offensive line. Hmm. Who just got who, who just got hired or promoted as offensive line coach a week ago? Mr. Clem. Very inexperienced, right? A lot of uncertainty around him. Can he get the job done? So what do you do? You bring in Chris Morgan as hmm. your assistant offensive line coach. Now, why is that important? Well, let's just see. I mean, he has six years of experience as the O-line coach with the Falcons from 15 to 20. Mm -hmm. Oh, I believe there that, that might have been around the time they went to a Super Bowl, oh, if, I, if I remember correctly. Oh, they might have been NFC champions okay. in, that, in that time period. Oh, but then after that, let's see. We can go down the list of these things, man. Uh, starting in 09 to 10, he was with the Raiders. From there, he went with the Washington football team, which is their new name. We know what their old name was. He was there 11 and 13, went to the Super Bowl with the Seahawks in 14. Yeah, and I would also point out, Ever since 14. Yeah. The Seahawks haven't had the best offensive line. Hey, very true, man. Very true. Very true. So, to me, seeing this guy, Chris Morgan, with all of that experience, mm -hmm. it's the exact same situation as the Mad Canada hire. So, now for Adrian, 
Adrian, this like, is your first I'm, chance I'm to be O-line. This is your first chance to be the O-line coach. Go out there and do your thing. But if at any point it becomes overwhelming, at any point he's struggling, if at any point we feel like, man, you know what, he needs a, maybe he wasn't ready for this, I have a guy who's already going to be in place helping him. Adrian has a guy that he can go to directly as a resource now. So to me, I love both of those moves. And then with Matt Tomshow, the thing that I like about this is we talk about quality control. We talk about getting guys in the system and letting them learn and develop. And ultimately, this can become your new quarterback's coach, your new your future OC. You want to get younger guys like this mm-hmm. in the works. Jerry uh, Jerry Ozlowski, the the linebackers coach, he started out as a quality guy. He was a quality control guy. Mm-hmm. Joey Porter was another one who came in, quality control coach. So you see how you bring certain guys in so you can get them developed in your system. And then he already has a familiarity with who? The offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. They were at Pitt together in 16. This is also a guy that has played or has worked at big-time programs. He was at Pitt, obviously, NC State. He was at LSU, and he was at Maryland. So to me, when I see a guy who was at these bigger collegiate universities it lets me know that number one he knows how to handle big time players because at those places you're going to get the big time players and why is that important at the nfl level you're working with the best of the best so he already has a familiarity with them he already understands the communication element and just how that process works right right so to me i I think that all of these moves have been lining up and i like them a lot more now that i've seen this to go with the first set of hires that we saw a week ago Man, Arthur Motes, this is why I love rocking the microphone with you. Those, That's just some absolutely fantastic points that you made there. I hadn't thought about it in that regard, but yeah, safety net isn't the right term to use. But, it is, man, it's a nice support yes. system for your new coaches as well, too. You're creating an environment for them to be successful. Yes. And to me, I think that's the most important thing. It's no different. Think about when me and you first got started, right? It wasn't as if we came in here, no training wheels, nobody around us. We still had Brian, our producer, would be constantly hearing the shows and giving us feedback yep, yep. until it got to the point where we were comfortable enough doing right, it without take the him. Right. Off. Yeah. So for me, I think of these guys the exact same way. If you could come out here and show that, hey, you don't need these guys, well, hey, it's just a, a glorified accessory. But if you are struggling, if you do need somebody to bounce ideas off of, well, now you got those people in place. And they have been successful. It's not like these are our journeymen who struggled and, right. and haven't been successful no, no these guys Super you look Bowl at their champions. track record yep. look at the track record and it's what a, a multiple uh, it varies in terms of the town they've dealt with if you were only dealing with the peyton Manning or a tom brady i'm gonna be thinking adam gase it's gonna be more so well all right you got you got these opportunities because of him but who needs to coach that guy he's already nice when I see you working with these type of guys, though, your Case Keenums, your Josh Freemans, when I think about the Atlanta Falcons old line in 15 to 20, I think of a guy like Jamon Brown who had bounced around oh. multiple times since then, been to Philly for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think he was uh, he was out west for a little while earlier. Yeah. L- so uh, Rams, Rams, that's who it was, Rams, yeah. yeah. So when I think of that time and I'm like, well, man, he was still able to keep those guys, right? Well, shoot, okay. I think that this guy's going to definitely be able to give, you know, Adrian some – very, very valuable yeah. experience because no, let's be real. Point. Who is Adrian going to be working with this year? Adrian's not going to have the full gamut of five Pro Bowlers up front. He's going to have some new starters. He's going to have people potentially having to switch positions, right? Going from guard to tackle or from right tackle to left tackle. It's going to be a lot of moving pieces. So to have a guy like him there working in concert with Adrian, I just think it sets them both up to be successful. It's a, a positive environment for them, man.
No, that, I mean, Motsi, that makes a ton of sense. It, it really does, the way you just laid it out there. Yeah, the more and more I look into Chris Morgan's history, I'm excited about this guy. Mm -hmm. He also, you know, you talk about the success that he had with the Falcons. He was there for five years, was one of the most um, – I think respected offensive line coaches in the National Football League. He was named Offensive Line Coach of the Year yes. by Pro Football Focus in 2015. And, and, and we like Pro Football Focus. It's the other ones like we like it when they give our guys props, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they don't, then we, don't we like then it. we don't then we don't trust yeah. it at all. Uh, Chris Morgan, like you said too, was with the Seahawks in 2014 when they. I think that was the second year yes. of their of uh -huh. their of their back to backs. He also Arthur Motes was there for the first three years. With this guy, I don't know, he's a pretty good left tackle. You might have heard of him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Trent Williams was oh, his name? yeah, he sounds pretty familiar. Yeah, yeah. Chris Morgan was his position coach for his first three years. And yeah. Trent Williams turns out to have a, a pretty nice career here in the National Especially Football Especially when League. he started out his first three years when he was healthy. Whoo-cha. I mean, you look at his track record. He's been with the Raiders. He's been with the football team. I mean, he's the O-line the the in, in 14 with the Seahawks, that still had what, Russell O'Connor? Yep. Had, uh, I'm drawing a was yeah, I'm trying Are you on that one? Or no? I was on that line, was there. Yes. And they have, again, ever since he left, they have fallen yeah. off a cliff. I mean, they absolutely have. So Mike Sullivan, quarterbacks coach, Chris Morgan, assistant offensive line coach, and Matt Tomshow, who I think is younger than us, Motes. Yeah. He, I, just looked at the, I just looked this guy up. I looked at his picture. I think he's younger than me. Yeah, he might be. He <laughs> might be. Some youth injected into the organization, some experience with, uh, with Sullivan and Chris Morgan in the organization as well, too, Arthur Motes. I'm excited to see how this plays out. You know, much much like the you know we were talking about the jokes with with Mike Sullivan and you know the Penguins organization just just made some big time hires too. Arthur Motes, the thing that I love most about the Steelers and the Penguins, <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that they've won multiple championships, they, they do win a lot. They win a lot. They win a lot. They're never boring. They're Ain't never the boring, truth. and for that we are grateful. E think about this, even during a bad like ending, because obviously right, the way the right. season ended was bad. It's like. They still just have us so drawn in. We're like, yo, what else? What? Tell me more. And then? Please? And then? Can I get more? We're not there yet. No, we're not there yet. I need more. <laughs> I love it, though, man. But, I do, too. But great. I, I just, I really think that, man, the team went about this the right way. And this is the biggest reason why we always say they get paid the big bucks and we yes. don't. Because yes. a week ago, when we were talking about some of the different hires and the promotions and things like that, it, even though we were optimistic about it it still had a little bit of a cloud around it as well of man this isn't as good or man i feel like you're just doing the safe thing a little bit like that that right. kind of right. crept in our minds but to see these moves in unison with those moves i'm Makes like oh this now. is perfect yeah. what you guys are doing you you have your future guys that you already promote to those spots but then you have very seasoned veteran accomplished you know sidekicks for mm -hmm. them like it, it's, it's nothing wrong with that so what you're telling me is that we shouldn't start to write narratives until we have the full picture. Well, I thought in radio business or just in life, you're supposed to just act first, speak second, <laughs> and then re uh, you know react again, and then apologize. You know if if you were wrong. Well, about uh, 15 minutes from now, Arthur Motes, I want to deep dive into that with you a little bit more. But as we're talking about coaching hires, personnel decisions here. And we even mentioned Chris Morgan's time with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that transitions nicely first here to something else that I wanted to discuss with you. Speaking of coaching hires, speaking of uh, personnel decisions, Russell Wilson made some noise earlier this week. He went mm -hmm. on the Dan Patrick show, uh, voiced his frustrations about a couple things. One, about him getting hit so much, which is kind of a direct correlation to that offensive line discussion you know, they we said just that had. He is the most 
sacked quarterback since the 70s or something like that. And, like, his his first mm-hmm. however many years. Because, what, six? I want to say no. it would have been th- 12, I think. So eight, yeah. eight or nine. Eight yeah, it was eight, like his eight first nine, like yeah. eight years or whatever. It's the most in NFL history since like the 70s. I was like, that's crazy. And so he, he was talking about that. And, and among other things, in that discussion, Russell Wilson said that he feels like he should have a say in the Seattle Seahawks personnel decisions that he thinks that would be fair. Arthur Motes, as the guy with a decade of NFL experience, I, I'm very interested to pick your brain on your thoughts on players being involved in decision-making to that level, right? Uh, I think we did some of this this year with the, eh, it didn't seem like Bruce Arians was too keen to bring in Antonio Brown and that Tom Brady was really the one who drove that conversation. Maybe it was more similar with Gronk and with Leonard Fournette, you know, than we know in those conversations as well, too. When you hear about players wanting to be involved in decision-making to that level, uh, what say you? Do you think that there's a clear line there that doesn't need to or that shouldn't be crossed? Or do you think that when you're talking about guys, you know, as accomplished and as important as a, as a Russell Wilson that they should have some say in that process? When is a guy as, as accomplished as Russ? Absolutely. I mean, you expect the same with Ben. If Ben were to come out here and say, well, yeah, I've never – you know, stood on the table and asked for a certain receiver to be here, who even though we thought at the time there was another receiver. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like we've seen scenarios like that. And here in Pittsburgh, we're like, well, yeah, that's Ben's guy. Of course. Make the quarterback happy. He does everything else for you. Keep that. You can do that little favor. If Russ is saying that, yeah, I want to be involved. In fact, I'm more surprised that he hasn't been involved, to to be frank about it, because Mm – once you become a top five quarterback, which he's been now for the past couple of years, that's when you enter into that conversation. And then when you get compensated the way that he's been now from that organization where they've extended him multiple times, they believe in you to that same extent. So I think from then on, yes, your your opinion is valued. If you come in here and you talk to the GM or, or you talk to Pete Carroll out there and you're like, hey, Yo, I need to get protected a little bit better, man. I, I know you guys are big on defense, but I'm trying look, to play I for the need, next 10, 15 years. Like, I need a guard. I need a left tackle. Get me that. That's a personnel decision. That's a personal conversation. Now, I don't think he's speaking to the full extent of, hey, I want this specific player on right. the I team. I want you to I draft want, so right. and so. I need you to cut USC. this guy. Like, I want you to draft no. this guy from Iowa. And, right. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think any player should have that. Even LeBron James, who I love. He isn't even to that extent. Like for him, it, it, it's still a lot more because of how decorated he is and who sure. he is and as I a player. In basketball, there's there's more that you can it, control. Correct. It's only five guys on right, the right, right. So it's know. a little bit different. Right. But I don't think any player should be able to have that type it of say. Be so the GM. because yeah. they're not spending their time looking for that, they're spending their right. time practicing. Right. You know, it, it, Russell Wilson's it, it, not right, watching right. hours of film no on, on the senior ball. Rush just knows. <laughs> Rush just knows. Hey, I'm getting hit. I have weapons outside. If you could protect me, I could cook even more. Yeah. I need offensive line help. Look at the numbers. I've been sacked this much. I still did this. Imagine what I could do if I had time. That's if you're Russ. That's what you're selling to them. But that's including your quarterback in a personal decision. Yeah. Me throughout my nine years, not once did I ever go up to <laughs> Kevin Colbert. Not once did I ever go to Buddy Nix. Not once did I ever go to uh, Scott Kime. Not once did I ever go to Doug Whaley and say, "Hey, yo, I I, I need a better three technique next to me, baby. All right, he, he need to free me up." You feel me? I don't, I don't. I don't like how when it's a run at me, the ball is getting to me right now. I feel like if my three technique is better, 
he could pull it up and I can go make a play somewhere you know, else. You know, Coach, there's this uh, you feel me? Like, defensive <laughs> lineman out of Oklahoma that I think would be a great fit next Wait, like, you, you, you also got to know who you are. So, like, for me, that was never even a thought. Sure, sure. But for those guys that are in that conversation, and I do think it's important that it stays solely at quarterback, too. Because yeah. of they got the ball in their hands, right? They and and know the significance the of it, yeah. Because a wide receiver's perspective is going to be different, yes. a running back perspective will be different, an offensive lineman's perspective will be different. But I don't think it hurts to include your franchise quarterback. We're not talking about some mid tier guy, you know what I mean? We're talking about the, the face of your team. This is your guy, your Super Bowl winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's asked for anything outrageous. No. He just simply said, protect me, baby. Come on. Please. Yeah. And you you drafting linebackers that don't even see the field. Think about that. You wasted first round picks on linebackers. They had some <laughs> they had some really good draft classes when, when Pete Carroll and company first got there. You know why? Because they were drafting guys from the 757. Shout oh, out to Cam go. Chancellor. Cam Chancellor. Shout and out because to, they were drafting Mountaineers, Bruce Irvin. And shout out to the fact they were drafting VA guys. Russ. <laughs> Let's we, go. Listen, we got this all figured out. I, mean, I told if, you, man, if you want to be successful, if the, JMU, West Virginia, VA. 757 VA. <laughs> that's all you need. Sprinkling a little Western Pennsylvania, that, 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 a little Whitfield in there. You know what I mean? Get a little, gotta have a Whitfield. Gotta have Whitfield. Speaking yeah. of, okay, real quick digression. Did you see the graphic that Penn State tweeted out before the Super Bowl? I am unaware of this. Oh, my goodness. But I do speaking know. Of, I, I do of know. Pennsylvania, guys. Go ahead, go ahead. Pennsylvania, uh, uh, Penn State, on like their official, you know, like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram accounts, they put out this graphic, Arthur Motes, <laughs> like in all big letters, a Penn State player has played in every single Super Bowl, and then in the really fine print underneath it, it said, except for five of them. <laughs> except for five of them. And it's just like, couldn't you have laid this out a little <laughs> bit better? That's funny. <laughs> in big letters. Except so, for five like, of them. so a lot of people were making fun of them. Yeah. You know, like, like Old Miss like quote tweeted it and said, you know, uh, uh, an Old Miss Rebel has played in every single Super Bowl, except for the ones that they haven't. You know? Like... <laughs> That is pretty funny, though. Man. <laughs> but, yeah, all, all you need is, is a Penn State player, a Whippeal guy, a VA That's guy. That's it, man. That's it. Um, But apparently, Arthur Motes, now, because this was earlier in the week, right? So this was, I think, on Monday that, that this yeah. Russell Wilson conversation on the Dan Patrick show happened. Reports are now coming out of Seattle last night and this morning that the Seahawks were not happy about that. Mm-hmm. And that they're even potentially considering yep. listening to some trade offers for Russell Wilson. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right decision. Well, let's be real about it. Two years ago, before Russ signed his extension, mm-hmm. there were already rumors that he was tired of being out there, that he was going to go potentially out east to New it's York. True. It was rumored to the Giants. That's what he was linked to, right? It's true. And then when he signed the deal, we all kind of were like, whoa, okay, that's a little bit of a different tune because he was even flirting with the whole idea and never shot it down. Hmm. He was just like, you know, we'll see what happens. So to me, here we are, fast forward 2021, to hear them say that, I'm just kind of like, well, all right, you got the deal done to keep him from having to tag him and to keep him at least in control of his rights. But now right. you can get y'all. I mean, if the energy didn't change from a year ago, we, we, can, uh, we can facilitate a trade. We can do that. I mean – There'd be a heck of a market out there for Russell Wilson. Man, he could go anywhere he wants. Let's be real. According to Vegas right now, the Raiders and the Cowboys are the top two trade destinations. The I can see that. Cowboys. 
But you know why? Because with the Cowboys, the they're still Cowboys. they're still doing the janky deals with uh with Prescott right now. So yeah, you can see it, man. I'm, and I, I'm not opposed to it either. I I, I do think <laughs> I do think this is. It reminds me a little bit of the Brady New England situation, but not as high end because obviously Brady had a lot more individual success. Right, right. But I do feel like. A little bit of that debate out there in Seattle is was it all or has all the success we've had right. been because of Russ how or how's Russ defense, just really enjoyed these Pete last Carroll. two to three years? Yeah, and that kind of changes our perspective of it because the defense was the reason they won those super, that Super Correct. Bowl early and Correct. the reason they went back. Correct. Then after that, when that defense started to age, that's, that's when, when Russell Russ really started to pick up. Right. Yeah. But then we never saw them. Ever reached the same level of success? No. They have not. I mean, they've won some playoff games. No, no, but I don't they, think they've, they've been, been to the. They've they never been to the NFC Championship. championship yeah, game, they, no. yeah, division. That's it. No, yeah. So you have to ask yourself if you're, you know, if you're the Seahawks. Some people are saying, well, man, maybe it's a Pete Carroll in that defense thing instead of it being a Russ cooking thing. Mm. Three years left on his deal, including mm-hmm. this season. Uh, he just turned 32 years old at the end of this season, so he still can go wherever he still wants. Still, relatively, I mean, you could you, argue you thought the Deshaun play for another 10 years. Listen, you thought oh. we was going crazy about Deshaun. Oh, if this, if, if that happens, who would it take more to get in a trade? Still, Deshaun, just because no, of how much younger he I is, or you Russ, think Russell still Russ because is of his pedigree? 32 and pet, like just turned 32. Thir- just turned 32. Yeah, is a legit top five quarterback. Yes, already won a Super Bowl. Yes, you know he, he's done it. I mean, in terms of his cooking these past four years, been behind some trash on offense. We all can agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his cap number two. It's not too bad. No, that's it's what I'm saying. Reasonable. It's low 30s over the next three years. Exactly. That's very reasonable for for that. For that. For that. See, the, we talked about the 41 with Ben. If that's what's getting 41, we're not tripping on that. That that that's that's worth all of that. Yeah. And then some. It's, it's rare when you get these type of guys. <laughs> he also Arthur Mote, so he'll be a free agent uh, twenty twenty four off season. He has a full no trade clause as well. Uh huh. Which means Which what? Means Just like he Deshaun, can delegate where he's going to get traded to. Like Deshaun, he can say, "Yeah, I'll wave my clause to go to this here, team. here, and here." Uh huh. But I ain't going there, there, and there. Exactly. Did Matthew Stafford have that <clears> or no? Think so, but no, because I remember there was the hub the about whole, the, like the, the noise about to go him to New not England. wanting to go to yeah. New England. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure, but I definitely know Watson and, and, and Russ. Yeah, they they have the which I mean, that's the thing. You get okay. Those. That's, so that's now that I'm I'm starting to put pieces together here. Matt Stafford had his introductory press conference. Uh huh. And this was I was surprised he answered this honestly, Motsi. But Matthew Stafford was asked, "Did you think like that you were going to end up here?" Yeah, and he said, "No." He he, he named the team. Stafford said, "Honestly, I thought I was going to go to the Colts or the Niners." I don't know if you saw that, but Stafford I admitted, not. "I thought I was going to go to the Colts or the Niners." So we're all of a sudden the Colts and the Niners going to be in this market for Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you're Jimmy G, how you feeling right now? Yikes! Questions? Yikes! Will become a answer. one bad throw, and now you go from should have been winning a Super Bowl to. Ooh, you might be getting shipped out of Cali. God, dog. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to chime in on the conversation, you know where to find us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. When we return here, that conversation that I've been teasing since Tuesday, uh, you've seen it with a lot of athletes. You're seeing it right now with Patrick Mahomes. The tendency to try and write guys' legacies when they're still on the front nine of their career, when they haven't even teed off on the back nine, they can't even see the clubhouse yet, but we're trying to 
you know, write their legacy in stone. It's bothering me, and I want to discuss it with my partner in crime on the other side. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.